Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. You can follow us on Twitter at ClayYoungBR or on Facebook. So good to have you here. We appreciate the feedback we always get from all of you. Hopefully you're hitting that subscribe button so you don't have to think about it. The show just drops into your podcast inbox whenever there's a new one. And in the very near future, this show will not be the only one on podcast225.com. This week's guest is Chief Forecaster Jay Grimes from WAFB-TV in Baton Rouge. Now, around these parts, weather is about as important a topic as the stock market. In fact, it's probably more important than the stock market. Every day, the weather impacts how people go about their daily lives. And I guess it's the same all over the country. I've been other places, but I've only lived here. And I know if it's going to rain, it's going to impact what you're going to do that day. Not only how you dress, but the route you take into work, how you move around in errands that you may have to run after the work day is over. Whether you're going to run those errands or push them back until it isn't raining, the weather is a big deal. Jay Grimes is one of the brightest people you'll meet anyway, and in terms of weather, he is an extremely trusted source here in the Capital City region. We talk in the interview about how he fell in love with the weather sciences and his time at television. We talk a little bit about Hurricane Katrina, Gustav, and this pattern of hurricane seasons that we've had the last few years where it appears it's been quiet but actually that's not the case and he'll talk about that and then he answers the question what is el nino right you run into people who talk about you know you know we're in that el nino yeah we got the el nino going on right now and because of all of the things on my plate i don't know what the hell el nino is okay and I haven't taken the time to look it up. So, because, you know, people will say that, and you say, well, what exactly is that? Well, what you see is, and they don't know what they're talking about. Or they, they're making it up, and you can see it. It's like, okay, stop. But he will talk about El Nino in the show today, what it means, what it is, and then what it means. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and looking forward to you hearing that. We did the discussion actually earlier today. I'm recording the open and close of the show after the interview. So hopefully you enjoy our conversation with Chief Forecaster Jay Grimes, meteorologist for WAFB-TV in Baton Rouge. That conversation is next. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. 
Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control. Now is the time to start thinking about prepping your lawn and getting ready when this cold weather finally gets out of here, John. Let's talk about termites. Oh, yeah. With the warmer weather moving in, if you're seeing little winged critters flying around your house, that's usually an indication that you've got a subterranean infestation somewhere. So the thing you want to do is to, one, look around the bottom of the slab to see if you find the tunnels. If you find the tunnels, then you need to come see us because we carry the exact same products that the professionals use. And applying those products in a trench will generally give you protection for up to 12 to 14 years. Now's the time to start thinking about it. If you're in the New Orleans area, how can they find you? Well, our Metairie store is located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill in Covington. We're located at 1417 North Causeway. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. On uh, the West Bank, we're on the Palco just before the Harvey Bridge and in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. Treat your home and lawn with the products available at Pest Stop. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Back with Jay Grimes, Chief Meteorologist at WAFB-TV in Baton Rouge. And actually, we've spent probably the last 30 minutes chatting about everything under the sun. Yep. Welcome to CYE, man. Glad to have you here, brother. Well, thanks uh, for having me. Uh, they, I Look, I tell you, the digs here, they're just spectacular. Thank you, sir. Nice Thank job. you, sir. We're swinging the axe every day, that's, chopping down trees. That's how it's supposed to be, you know. Well, making the money and, and doing what you're doing, keeping the people informed. I try to. You know, I, so we'll jump ahead a few steps and then jump back. But right. I, this is the first question I'll ask you as a weatherman. Do you ever get tired of walking into places and people asking you about the weather or complaining about the weather? Now, you know, the truth is, no. When I first got into the business, I was a little taken aback by it, you know, because I... I, I my nature is to be kind of a back row person. Yeah. And suddenly uh, it, you take a position that you never really planned to do. Uh, you know, TV weather really was an accident for me. And I wasn't aware or prepared for how it would catapult me into a position where a lot of people recognize me. Yeah. But now I, I take those things when people come up to me and they just ask about the weather. I take it as a compliment, really. Yeah, yeah. First, it means that they know who I am. So they're watching. Secondly, if they're really asking, uh, then that's a, a compliment that they must think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then thirdly, the other thing is that... Uh, I think many times when people say, hey, Jay, how's the weather? It's an icebreaker the same way I would say to you, hey, Clay, how you doing? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, it, and yeah. it's just in the same line. It's not only a hello and a greeting, but it's also a recognizing what I do for a living. Now, what about the parents who walk up and say, my kid's birthday was yesterday, and you said it was going to be a 50% chance of rain, and it stormed. Well, I know you've had to have that before. Oh, look, uh, you know, <laughs> I think about my job, uh, much like some of the things you do. My job is predicting what's going to happen that's tomorrow. Right. That's right. And, you know, and if you think about professions where people get paid to predict, there's only a handful of them. Yeah. That where you know, and one of them is bookies. That's right. <laughs> you know, another is uh, 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 investment bankers. That's right. Now, a lot of people out there are going to say, oh, this isn't, this isn't true. But the fact of the matter is, and it's not just me, but it's TV weathercasters in general, we're right uh, about 80 to 85 percent of the right. time i bet you any bookie or any uh financial investment consultant would be they would take it crazy seven out of seven days that's they right. would take it because 85 percent because 50, they're making 50 money. is a good day that's right 55 percent right is making money that's right so 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 yeah i'm going to get it wrong now so your question is what about when that happens well i the short answer is 
It's why I never go out in public without my Teflon underwear because <laughs> somebody is going to take a crack take a at kick me. in the britches yeah. over and, it. And, and, and you know, and, and it's fair game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've I've chosen to do this, and I need to be uh, ready to accept that. In fact, I think that when you look at some of the people that do TV here locally and even uh -huh. regionally, uh, I'm probably the one who more frequently on air will say, well, I, I got busted yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I'll admit to it. Right, right. And the thing is, why not admit to it? Everybody's right. sitting in their barca loungers thinking That's that right. anyway. That's right. And so, so I, I think in some ways, uh, people grudgingly at least uh, re respect the fact that I'll say, hey, you know, look, I messed up yesterday. We didn't get it right. But I go back to that point. If I'm right, you know, 80, 85 percent of the time, that's really a, a, a pretty good batting average. Well, let's talk about getting into it. Pull that mic a little closer to you there. All right. Uh, <clears throat> what started you on a journey to working in the weather sciences? Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I actually went to a undergraduate school for uh, environmental biology, and okay. I was studying biology and chemistry. In fact, I was on a path for a, a double degree uh, as an undergraduate, and uh, got into my senior year, uh, finished my my biology curriculum, had one more course to take in chemistry to get that second degree, and that same semester, uh, the last class I needed, it was physical chemistry, uh, uh, was scheduled at the same time that meteorology was scheduled. Now, mm -hmm. over the course of my study of an environmental biology and, and environmental science, one of the things that came to me just through observation was it's all about the water. Mm -hmm. Where's the water? And then how does the water get there? Yeah. And so that's what really kind of intrigued me about weather and climate. I wasn't one of those kids who uh, uh, was a weather freak yeah. as yeah. a young age. You take yeah. a guy like my partner, Steve Caparra. Yeah. I mean, in, in elementary school, the teachers knew he was the weather kid. You know, <laughs> They right. asked him what the weather that's was right. going to be tomorrow. Well, weather didn't really, the alarm didn't go off or the bell didn't ding until my senior year in college. And so there I was, one class away from uh, my degree in chemistry, and uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take this meteorology. I took the class, and that's when the, the, the light bulb went off. <clears throat> and uh, I got to be uh, uh, a good associate with the, the, the instructor for meteorology there, who mm -hmm. I didn't know but at, at the time. But turns out he was not only the chair of the department that taught climatology, wow. but he was also a world-famous hydroclimatologist, somebody who looks at how water moves in the environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the end of the semester, he said, how'd you like to come to graduate school with me? And uh, so that was when I shifted from a, a, a environmental biology into climatology. I got, a, uh, got my master's degree uh, at uh, University of Delaware. Mm -hmm. And what I focused on during my graduate career was bioclimatology, how weather and climate affect organisms. Okay. And um, while I was doing that, I did some work with birds, mm -hmm. and I actually did some work with insects. And the entomologists down here at LSU uh, and the climatologists at LSU got kind of interested in what I was doing up there, and they invited me down here to LSU to uh, work on an a, a agricultural insect problem, a soybean yeah. pest. Yeah. Came down here, worked on that project for a year, and uh, then the university uh, offered me a full-time job. And that sort of finished the translation away from um, environmental biology to something that was climatological and meteorological. 
uh, with the university. I became the state climatologist, held that post for about 12 years. And what is that? What What is a state climatologist? You know, the simplest explanation is I was the state's weather librarian. You okay. need weather information, call me up. You need an interpretation, sure. call me up. And, and for me, climatology was more about the rubber meeting the road. How does weather and climate affect a business? Yeah. You know, what do I need to know? What yeah. are the things in, in my business that I need uh, to know about local and regional weather? So when, when I was doing that kind of work through the university, uh, uh, about a quarter of my clients were attorneys. Mm -hmm. About a third of my clients were uh, in construction. Right. Uh, and then 15, 20% were in agriculture. So, so I, I was basically an information conduit, sure. taking weather information and making it easy to understand and, and easy to access for the community outside of the university. It's interesting because most people, and I would say the overwhelming majority of people, know how their day is going to go, uh, to going to go often by the way the weather is especially depending on where you live. If you are in the Baton Rouge region, if it rains a lot, it does have an impact on how your day is going to oh, go. Absolutely. Like I'm moving around the city all day long, seeing clients, going to different things. And if it's raining, I know I need to add X amount of time to my commute, depending on where I'm going. Oh, right. Just like the time of the day. So do you think the public is smarter now about how, how weather works and how they can adjust accordingly because of the technology available. I don't know if that question makes any sense. It does make sense. And 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 before I answer that particular question, I want to I want you to think about this. Can you name something that's not at least indirectly affected by weather? I can't. And that's the point. Right. And and most people out there, your listeners out there, they're they're more weather savvy Absolutely. than they realize. Absolutely. Because and now what they've learned, just like when I did with working as the state climatologist, I would help a, a someone in a business figure out here's the information you need to mm -hmm. know to make things move more smoothly in terms of weather. Well, the same thing is true with mom at home. The soccer mom sure. may decide not to go shopping today right. because it's raining. Right. So so look. The way we dress, the way we eat, absolutely is weather related. Absolutely. So, so, and and so, I think people are actually more weather aware than they overtly realize. It's right. just it's in the back of We're the brain. We're conditioned stem. to That's think right. about it. <clears throat> right. has, has there ever been a situation? I mean, you were on the air during Katrina, right? Uh, you were on the air during Gustav. Obviously, you're, you're talking about these things, and and I say that to lead to this question: Has there ever been a situation? where you saw a pattern about to become something and you were concerned about the impact it was going to have. And I'll give you an example. About six months ago, and I forget the day of the week, early in the morning, there was an incredible storm that popped up and there was, I think, a tornado in Shenandoah. Um, and I just remembered how all of a sudden the morning just went, hey, look, we got something bad about to happen here. And I think you even might have gone in That's right. that yep. morning. Yep. So has there been a situation where you're going, guys, we might have some problems here? Uh, it, it's what we do. And the question is, what is the lead time that we can provide for that kind of information? Okay. And it's one of the reasons why we have uh, kind of reaffirmed and committed to this first alert brand. Yeah. The, yeah. the idea here at uh, Channel 9 with our weather team is to just give you an early heads up. Now, some people might say that's a little alarmist, but my long-term learning is that 
being overprepared trumps being underprepared every time. 100%. So if I tell you it could be a stormy Monday and mm-hmm. it doesn't turn out to be stormy, at least you were probably yeah. looking. And at, I'm okay. That's right. I'm okay with you being wrong about that. And, and, and it's certainly better than me not giving you a heads up. Absolutely. And then you get caught uh, in, in a bad situation. And this event you're talking about, and I want to say it was like April 27th, I, that was a perfect example. Yeah. When I, uh, uh, that night, that evening, I said, okay, it's going to be pretty bumpy, and I'm mm-hmm. going to go in tomorrow morning to give uh, Diana a hand. Sure. So, uh, um, uh, but I go in in my street clothes, and, and, and in fact, I think it was even in the same shirt. And uh, 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 I get in there, and it, the first thing that jumps out at me was the commitment of my team, mm-hmm. our team at sure. Channel 9. Sure. All four of us were sure. in there that sure. morning. And things went south really Really quickly. quickly. That's right. Yeah. And so ended up, even in my street clothes, they put me on camera. Absolutely. Because it became, it went from, it's going to be a stormy day to a real uh-oh Vicious. moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was one. Probably the highlight, though, for my career still is... Uh, uh, Katrina, and it was, uh, you know, being able to say uh, to on air that, uh, you know what, folks, uh, right now the official forecast takes us into the Florida panhandle. And I'll, I'll admit, I didn't say Louisiana, but I did say this thing's coming further west. And, and then, mm. of course, uh, later that night, even the Hurricane Center shifted the track further west. That was Friday night. Yeah. Because I remembered at the time I was doing a morning show, uh, WIBR at the time, and the last person I spoke with, with was with the National Weather Service who said it, it was likely going to across Florida and head up along the eastern coastline. Right. And now this is as of about 8.45 a.m. on Friday. So that's a long way away from Friday night and even Saturday morning. Right. And by that evening, I didn't actually pay any attention to it. You know, it's a Friday. You're getting ready for the weekend. And I've told this story on the show before. That Saturday morning, I'm out working in my gardens. And my phone rings. And it's Ed Bugs. And Ed asked me, was I watching television? I said, I thought he was messing with me. I said, Ed, Saturday morning, man, I'm working in the yard. He said, "Uh, you probably want to go turn on one of the cable nets. Turn it on. I see Ray Nagin and Kathleen Blanco and uh, uh, Thad Allen. Okay. uh, And they're talking about this storm, and they've got this very, very morose expression on their faces. And it's like, okay, holy crap. Two hours later, I was on the air. And they were saying, this thing's coming, and this is the one we've been talking about for generations. This could be the one. And what's interesting is, as horrible as Katrina was... It still wasn't the one. It's not, and and we need to keep that in mind. And and uh, uh, part of this uh, sometimes with Katrina is a reminder. Uh, Katrina, Betsy, twice uh, the New Orleans right. area has been waxed, right. and neither one of those were direct the, quote, hits. The big one, yeah. And and so we need to realize that the big one will be even more horrific. Which is uh, something to think about. It really is. And it's something that uh, uh, the community down there and the state as a whole, and the nation, in fact, is going to have to get their head around. But uh, uh, that experience you had there uh, is is pretty common across South Louisiana. Most mm-hmm. people went into the weekend thinking this is a Florida right. problem. That's right. And, uh, and, and it also shows us how quickly things can change. And one of the things that we, we have an advantage in TV, uh, um, 
my weather service friends sometimes have to toe the party line mm. and and uh, you know i've got a little bit of latitude there yeah. i you know if i say okay here's what the official forecast is but you know, I want you to think about this as an alternative. And that, that's essentially what happened during Katrina. When, when you are working on preparing for, take us inside of the studio, and, and I'm talking off the air. Right. When you're prepping for a major weather event, what's your structure? What's the game plan? What's the checklist that you have even before you start thinking about how you're going to explain it to us, the general public? Well, the first thing is to... Uh, uh, look principally at computer models okay. and so if you think about it, it, it essentially it's high-end computer games right and each game has a solution okay and the solutions the first thing you look at is how similar are the solutions okay if all the solutions are the same from three or four games okay then you know okay high probability I, yeah i've got real good confidence okay unfortunately what often happens is that you end up with a, an array of, of possible outcomes. Sure. So the first decision is, okay, and here's where it becomes science to art. Which okay. one do I think is most likely? Okay. Then the second thing is trying to measure, um, and this goes back kind of that to that over-prepared uh, comment we made a little bit ago. The mm -hmm. second thing is trying to measure how am I going to express to the audience this range of possible outcomes. Okay. And I've always leaned on the high side, the, yeah. you know, the, the greater warning is yeah. a better, better move. So then uh, once you've come up with sort of a picture, a mental picture in my mind of what the weather is going to do, mm -hmm. then the next question is, okay, how am I going to tell this in a meaningful, understandable way okay. to the audience? And, and here's where you'll see all of the different styles here in town. Each of us does weather our own way. Sure. Um, even between the four of us at Channel 9, mm -hmm. we do it differently. Uh, I have come over the years to, tr to realize that the best thing for me to do is to do it the way I'm most comfortable. When right. I first started in television, and understand, my first six months, I was the 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 truly the deer in the headlights. I mean, <laughs> and, and you I, had just followed Mike Graham, who'd been there for at least 230 years. Yeah, I mean, Mike Graham was doing television before there was television. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and so, yeah, a guy with 40 years of yeah. experience, and and of course my crosstown buddy Pat Singleton, who's still another there, another three four decades <laughs> right. of experience. So you know, I, I really was kind of put in a place of of of, of no man's land. Talk about the two ends of a personality spectrum, you and Pat. Well, you know, or or. And and loving them both, but Mike and Pat, <laughs> Mike, oh, that's right, that's the Grand Canyon Mike. there. And so, so, uh, uh, so, I and that actually was worked to my favor. That left a big hole that I could fall in <laughs> and still right hit ground somewhere, right? So, but uh, so, so you come up with how you want to tell the story, and then you try and build graphics that are going to supplement yeah. what you're saying. Uh, the homework part of actually an analyze the event for me yeah. is it's the most intense part but it's not the longest for me the the toughest part is uh, is constructing the graphics uh, I spend probably I spend probably twice the amount of time building the graphics mm -hmm. that I do actually coming up with the 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 forecast for the way you explain you will, it. Right? now you get on average you get generally more time to provide a weather report in say the six or the ten, then on average 
forecasters around the country. Is that true? Oh, you mean me particularly? Yes, yes, you. I mean, that, that block that's open for it, whether it's you or, or Steve or uh, Jeff or whoever's filling in for you in the, in the primetime six and 10, do you get more time to do weather than general stations give? Uh, well, I, I, that's, that's kind of a loaded question. Uh, uh, a lot of times, a station's decision will be driven by how they think uh, the weather caster okay. is perceived. So they'll open or close the, right. the amount of time based upon what actually the weather is. Is. That's the bigger okay. point. Yeah. Okay. If, if we, if for example, if I knew that tomorrow was going to be a stormy day, uh, the first thing typically what I'll do when I would show up, uh, um, and and just so f- some folks understand, I know a lot of people think I work two three minute shifts a day. Uh, oh no. You know, and and normally I go in about uh, one o'clock in the sure. afternoon to sure. get ready for a six Absolutely. o'clock show. Yeah. If I know that in a case where it's going to be a very busy day in the next 12, following 12 to 24 hours, mm-hmm. typically the first thing I'll do is go in and uh, uh, alert the news side right. that, hey, we got some big stuff coming. Right. I would like another 30 seconds. Okay. And, th- and you know this, 30 yeah. seconds in television yeah, is a right. lifetime. It's a, it's a long time. So Most of those morning segments I do, and it's mostly mornings now, it's about 90 seconds. That's right. So, <laughs> so it, so it may now, seem long, but it's a minute and a half. So now I'm talking about bumping that up 20, 25%. That's right. And, you know, when you really watch an, uh, an evening newscast, you know, we all think of it as a 30-minute show. Well, no, not really. It's no. more like a 21-minute show. That's exactly show. right. So... 30 seconds in 21 minutes That's is right. big airtime right. real estate. That's right. But it is a reflection of my station's commitment that if the weather is serious, we take it seriously. And in fact, you know, when they do surveys, not just locally but nationally, weather is really one of the top shelf items Absolutely. that people choose for local news. They want to know that. I mean, it's That's a priority right. for for me and you know, not getting into it, we've had that conversation. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to kids, because I know that you spend a lot of time going to schools That's and talking part of to my kids, job, yeah. I, and, and I, see, I I totally get that yep. because especially younger children, if you're talking about a subject matter they care about, you can see in their faces That's how it. dialed in they are right. and how excited they are to ask questions. And I always say about children, especially young children. They generally are the most honest about their emotions of any people of any age. If they like something, you're going to know it. If they don't like, (laughs) you're going to know it. And their curiosity is the most fascinating thing about learning. Because when a kid falls in love with science early, you can tell that they're just never going to be shaken from that. So going back to talking with kids, why why did you start doing that? And then tell us kind of what you're hoping to accomplish when you're talking to these kids. Well, and, and keep in mind, my, my history and, and at LSU sure. was informing the public. Right. Uh, and as you just pointed out, kids can be the most entertaining oh, to yeah. work with. Yeah. So uh, while I, you know, I'm flattered and honored to be a, a TV weathercaster here in town, I actually look at my television uh, op- opportunities as a way to get back into the community and do more community work. Well, right. again, as you noted, talking to kids, that's, that's, that's one of the most <laughs> fun things to do. But the thing I get to do, especially with the little ones, and sometimes even my own, uh, my own Channel 9 uh, administration kind of scratches their head when I tell them I'm going to go talk to some kindergartners right, today. Right. And they go, well, is that really a wise use of your time? And the answer is absolutely, absolutely. so. And it's not about... 
uh, nurturing viewers. No. But it's about what you pointed out a second ago. It's about being able to walk into a room of kids, tell them something, and see the eyes get bigger yeah. as they make connections right. between things. Uh, you know, uh, when I talk to the littlest ones, one of my, every group, uh, you know, these four and five year olds, I'll ask them something really simple. I'll say, do you need a cloud to make rain? And many of them know the answer, but they've never thought about it. They've right. never cognitively put it together. Right. So, you, you know, some kids will say yes, some will say no. And, and then collectively, they'll come to around to, oh, yeah, it has to be cloudy to mm -hmm. rain. And then the next question I ask, but do all clouds make rain? And they sit there, and, and you can see them chewing it over, and, and then they realize, no, not That's all. Right. And, you know, it, it sounds very simple, but in one minute, I just had them put together the synapses in their mind and come up with an understanding <laughs> right. about clouds that's and right. rainfall. And and I get more out of that than they do. Yeah. But that's the, the fun part. And, and again, it goes back to something we'd said before. People are more weather aware than they know. That's right. And so a lot of times when I give these talks to school kids, and this is all ages, even into the high school level, a lot of times I'm not going in there necessarily doing something like, here's how a hurricane works. Right. But I'm going in there and, and trying to help them take all of these little facts that are floating around in their brain mm -hmm. that they've never connected and just help them make the connection. Right. And so what ends up happening is that weather becomes something that at the end of an hour, they knew most of what I'm telling them, yeah. but they never put it together in, in a stream of thought. And that's where the the reward is. And and yes, part of it is also being able to to promote science in the classroom. But one of the things that I really find intriguing about talking about weather, when we talk about things like physics, usually it's an abstract concept. Sure. I mean, even when we talk about something like a, a seesaw, mm -hmm. people know how it works. But when you start getting into the fulcrum and stuff, right, you right. know, you kind of lose them. Sure. For little kids, I mean, it's like it'll put electricity to sleep. It's, that's it, right. It just, yeah. But weather yeah. is every time you go out the that's front door. That's exactly right. And suddenly you realize with these younger kids that you, I have the opportunity to help them kind of through this process and make a connection. And then ultimately take it a step further, not only understanding how weather works, but how does it impact us? So you know, let's talk about Louisiana now. I saw a statistic that you guys posted last year that said, I think last year was the seventh or eighth rainiest year Louisiana has had and actually the rainiest year was 1989 and so you know you're talking at the time 26 years mm -hmm. and so last year was so rainy this year has in my opinion and I could be wrong I'm not the weatherman could this year seem milder uh, because of all of the days in the 70s and 80s I mean this shifting maneuvering is it abnormal or just kind of the way it goes. You know, here's a, this is an interesting uh, point. You know, when we when we talk about normal, my first question to people is... And, What's normal? And what is normal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what is normal? Normal is it for it not to be normal. And, okay. uh, you know, normal is an, is an abstract definition that is basically the average of all days. Okay. Okay, so, but when we, particularly in the winter, when we look back, say, the last eight weeks... And, and uh, it's a rhetorical question. How many days have been near normal? And the answer is 10%. Uh, 
Because in the winter, particularly, we swing from one pendulum side yeah. to the other. Yeah. We'll have a run of days like we're enjoying yeah. now, oh, with days goodness. in the 70s, yeah. and you think, wow, yeah. spring is here. Yes, sir. Except next week, we're going to be back down into the low 60s, yep. which are going to be cooler than yeah. normal. Yeah. And in between this temperature swing of warmer than normal and cooler than normal, we get the rain events. So th- that's what's normal. Normal is to not be normal. And so that's, that's part of the question or the answer there. The other thing is... Uh, when you talk about time in the past, uh, you know, the weather patterns, cl- look, climate has always changed. Sure. It's always going to keep changing, sure. whether humans are a part of the equation or sure, not. Sure, sure. And so uh, many times when I talk to older people, they'll say, oh, it used to be so much colder in the winters. Well, no, it wasn't. What you remember <laughs> is one or two winters yeah. that stick in your mind, That's and right. suddenly those become weather events become your model of normal. Right. So, uh, you know, you talk about the the way climate is changing. Oh, let me jump ahead to this. Hurricane season. Yep. Uh, you know, starts in a couple months or so. Yeah, a few months out. And people have said we've had very quiet hurricane seasons the last few years. Actually, that's not true. We just haven't had storms make direct impact here. <laughs> exactly. And I got to tell you, as I get older, that's my yardstick. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about how many. I yeah. care about how many in Louisiana. Right, right. Uh, you're right. Uh, uh, we globally, uh, this, actually globally, the number of hurricanes is down a bit. Okay. Uh, in the Atlantic Basin, which is what we're really concerned about, uh, storm numbers have been on the higher side sure. since the mid-90s. Right. But as I said, as I get older, I, I don't care about how many. I care about how many in the Gulf, <laughs> how many in Louisiana. That's right. We have been lucky, but only lucky in the last couple of years. If you yeah. go back to 2001, mm-hmm. over these past 15 years, it's the busiest 15-year stretch in our history. Wow. Uh, so so we were due a break. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? If we go 10 more years without a landfall, I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good. I can take, I'll take even 20 if, if it's, if it's good enough. Well, yeah. well, we'll shoot for one at a time. <laughs> we'll shoot for one at a time. So, you know, thinking about what, what, okay, we talked about this yesterday. What the hell is El Nino? All right. El Nino. El Nino is a, uh, a feature in the Pacific Ocean, mainly the, uh, Equatorial Pacific, the stretch of the Pacific along the equator, and it's okay. focusing on the eastern equatorial Pacific, basically the stretch of the Pacific Ocean that runs from the coast of South America out to the middle of mm-hmm. the Pacific. And what we're looking at initially are water temperatures in that zone. Mm-hmm. When the water is warmer than normal, that is El Nino. So the water along the equator off of the coast of South America is warmer than normal. That is El Nino from an atmospheric, I mean, from an oceanic signature. And then there's the flip side. Sure. When the water's cooler than normal, that's La Nina. Okay. So we've got these two little kids, El Nino, the boy, La Nina, the girl. And they teeter-totter like a seesaw mm-hmm. back and forth. When El Nino kicks in... Which is what we have now. Which is what we're in now. Yeah. What it tends to do is it tends to make conditions along the uh, Gulf of Mexico coast, from Texas through Louisiana all the way to Florida, tends to make it wetter than normal in the winter and spring. Okay. When La Nina kicks in, that's when we tend to have drier than normal winter and spring. Yeah. So what is... uh, And what's happening here is that... uh, by changing the water temperature in that part of the Pacific Ocean, 
we're changing how the atmosphere above it behaves. Okay. And then that energy change in the atmosphere gets translated, sent our direction. Okay. So, and really what's happening is that uh, when El Nino kicks in, we get a stronger uh, subtropical jet stream flow, high winds, winds at the high levels of the atmosphere that help promote storm development in right. the Gulf of Mexico region. So that's why we tend to be wetter during El Nino's. And in fact, uh, our area has been wetter than normal over the last few months. February has been on the dry side, but November and December especially were yeah. pretty wet. So uh, the formula is working for this winter. El Nino in effect, we've been a little wetter than normal. Uh, but it doesn't happen every time. Sure. Typically what happens is about 7 out of 10 winter springs are warm are wet in Louisiana when El Nino is in place. When it flips to La Nina, then about 8 in 10 winter springs are drier than normal. So we have this teeter-totter, and in between, about half of the years, neither one of those is in effect. So I'll, I'll, I'll let this be the last question and uh, just ask, Today, 2016, as we sit here, you're doing this, you enjoy it. I know that you have a passion, especially getting to talk to kids about what you do and getting them connected to science and, and weather science specifically. Your motivation to trying to nail it every day, as best you can, is what? I got to admit it, and I don't want to sound uh, flippant here, but it, it some of it is pride. I mean, you want to be you want to be the best you yeah, can be, right. and and you know, and I look at my compadres in the business here mm -hmm. in Baton Rouge, and 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 our community is really very lucky. Absolutely, uh, we have some of the best weather people, especially these young folks, yeah. the ones that are young enough to be my yeah, children. Yeah. In fact, I think over at WVLA, there's a couple there that could be my grandkids. <laughs> but these folks, these that are doing weather here in town, the young ones particularly, these are all weather scientists. Oh, yeah. So there's a competitiveness there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I work with one of the best TV weather people in town, Steve Caparata. Who's about to be Dr. Caparata That's right. here. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, right there is my main competition. That's right. You know, I got to stay on top of these <laughs> yeah, the guys. The old gunslinger's not ready to ride off just yet. Uh, well, yeah, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although, you know, I keep seeing I'm going upstairs and it looks like the GM's got my horse saddled. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, my hope is to uh, stay in town for a few more That's years right. and not have them take away my six guns but uh, uh no I, I it is it's about it's about wanting to be right and in fact probably more than anybody in my business locally i'm the one who really frets the day after a forecast bust. It yeah. really bothers yeah. me, and it can stay with me for a couple of days. And that's kind of silly if you think about it, because it, look, you missed it, move on. But I love that, though. You want to you wanna get it right, and, and I think it's having pride and wanting to make certain that you have your best showing every time. I agree with that. Absolutely. I've been doing this a lot of years, and I still never want to screw it up. I mean, because it's important to me to get it right. And I think when that's your attitude, you're not as concerned about fame as much as you are about your reputation, that you stick it, you get it right that that's absolutely the case clay i mean it, it, it if people are going to trust me to get help them make smarter decisions mm -hmm. and that's really what i do absolutely. I, I do it using weather as my tool as my foundation but my my objective here is to help 
people and businesses make smarter decisions, even if it's just for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely, you want it. You want to get it right, and 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 because of that, uh, I, I do. I I really fret over it, especially when I get a bust. In fact, I probably more than anybody else, if I bust on a day, I'll go back and look and say, is there something in here that I missed? That I missed. Yeah. 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 Well, Jay Grimes, chief for, chief forecaster at WAFB. Now, you not got, the cheap forecaster. Not the cheap forecaster. The chief forecaster. Although I don't know. <laughs> Let me do All some right, research that, on that one that, first. That, that, that's after you turn the radio <laughs> off. <laughs> so, uh, I'd like you to come back before hurricane season. Love to do it. And people are going to have questions about it. I'll ask people ask questions, but just explaining again how that works. We have been fortunate to not have a storm make landfall, but I think. I can speak for everyone who watches what you do. We appreciate the fact that you do want to get it right because in this town, because of infrastructure, the way it floods in certain places, how traffic can be congested in certain places, it's good to know how the weather is going to be. And I think there's no excuse not to carry around on your phone or tablet something that lets you know about that. You know, the first time my phone started beeping or that noise it makes when there's like an it scared the hell out of me. It's the noise going on. (laughs) Right. And I think that's also a very good tool now that no matter where you are, even if you don't have your phone, you'll hear someone else's buzzing. And I think technology in that regard has been great. There's no question about it. The game is changing, too. I mean, we have more access to information than ever before. Now, the question is, as a information user mm-hmm. to make sure that you're getting it from a credible source. That's right. That's right. So download that app. It's a free app. Plug That's for right. your app there. Thank you, man. Yeah, the WAFB uh, weather app and the news app. If you want the weather app, just uh, uh, log on or send a, a text to 99009 and uh, uh, enter the word weather app, one word, and uh, it'll send you directions to download the app. And And I think it's a great tool. And I, and I my bosses wouldn't be happy to say hear this, but there are other great tools out there as well so get yourself a weather app let your phone mm-hmm. be your alarm your it's not just a communications device anymore it is a warning device jay grimes thanks jay thanks clay have you ever wanted to host your own podcast coming soon clay young enterprises and podcast 225 will be giving you your big chance you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment to create a podcast that you can be proud of you'll have an engineer and a professional show open and close The Clay Young Show is already considered one of the best podcasts in the state. Get the same audio quality and professional packaging for your very own podcast. Stay tuned for more details. Your chance to have your own show is coming soon. This is The Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. So now you know what an El Nino is. (laughs) Now we all know what an El Nino is. Uh, The the part of that discussion that I enjoyed the most was when Jay was talking about his time talking with kids. And you could see the passion in his face. And we've been friends for a while. And I can tell you, he's not making it up. He truly does enjoy going out and talking to kids in classrooms all over this city and areas around here. And it's great that he wants to do it. Because I'm telling you, we, we talked about it in the interview. Kids, (laughs) Kids, <laughs> they will tell you if they like something or don't like something, and they're going to be sincere about it. They won't fake it. And when they get fired up about a subject, it's just wonderful to watch. And Jay's a really good guy. He's down to earth, as you guys could hear. And so we'll have him back for uh, the period before hurricane season. I'll even reach out to old Pat Shingleton across the town and see if Pat wants to come in and, and do the podcast as well. 
All right, guys, it's been great. Don't forget, again, you can download the Talk 107.3 mobile app. It's free. Our show is on there uh, with other shows that that station offers. You can get the show on iTunes. It's free there. You're not paying for it, even with all of the work we put into this thing. And, of course, if you don't have an Apple device, you can go to podcast225.com and get the show that way as well. Have a fantastic rest of your day. No matter where you are, whatever you're doing, we appreciate you took the time to bring us along with you. And we'll catch you next week here on iTunes, the Talk 107.3 mobile app, and podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.